Recorded on September 13th, 2022. Getting the elephants out. Welcome to the Push Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we're here to talk about the kickoff of election season. Yay! Yay! The went wild. <laughs> so we are less than 60 days out from the midterms, and this entire episode is going to be about getting elephants out of the room. And out of the government. And out of the yes. government, out of the country. <laughs> out of my business, out of my education, my kids' education. That'd be great. To kick off this very serious season, I have... A top 10 list. So I love it. Yeah. So top drum rolls or anything? Never mind. I maybe. <laughs> Adam in post. Let's see. Is this one? No, hold on. That is definitely not one of them. It's a flashing light. I know. There we go. Okay. <laughs> you need to do that after every one. Yes. Oh no. You're the doing the real top list. 10 list. Top 10 list. So Give it to us. rather than because we're going to spend the entire episode talking about the elephants that we need to get out of the room. Let's talk briefly about the top 10 signs that you got lost and have found yourself in Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Number 10. The ethereal skulking presence you feel creeping about the hallways isn't a specter of someone who is brutally murdered. It's just Melania wishing that you were here to arrest her husband. <laughs> Number nine. The fumigators are sweeping for informants and listening devices instead of getting rid of the cockroaches. Which leads us to... Number eight. The cockroaches have more access to classified documents than four-star generals. You can't always tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I knew a lot of generals. They were all pretty good. Number seven. The highlights for kids are colored in with Sharpies instead of crayons. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. When the toilets get clogged, there is an on-call plumber who doesn't use a plunger because he needs a paper shredder. <laughs> Number five. The plumber has more access to classified documents than the cockroaches. <laughs> Number four, there are no books on any of the bookshelves save for one, and every book is a copy of The Royal Guide to Spot and Stain Removal with the bookmark set to Ketchup. <laughs> Number three, all of the well-dressed patrons are foreign tourists. Yeah. Number two, the foreign tourists are all busy buying the classified documents that are too dangerous for the cockroaches and plumbers. <laughs> oh, poor plumbers. And number one, a fat orange man in a red hat is following you around while loudly asking you to be his lawyer. <laughs> Yay! Good. Well done. Well done. That was a nice surprise. <laughs> I was just all waiting. We're waiting. With a bated breath, just hoping that something comes soon that nails his ass. Yeah. Because if you're a regular citizen and you had even one of these documents, you'd be in jail right now. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think, I love when people keep saying if they can do it here, they can do it anywhere. I would only if you commit those crimes. And then, yeah, that's, I mean, and if we don't prosecute, we're saying that there is somebody in the United States that's above the law. Yes. And that didn't work well. It took us probably, I was 10 during the summer of Watergate, and it probably took our country a good 
two decades to fully gain any trust of the government back. And it wasn't just because honestly, it wasn't just a Nixon did. And we thought, wow, we thought recording somebody was bad, but it was also that, that there was no repercussion to other than his resignation, which he got to resign, no accountability. And so people really didn't trust that system. And we have to honestly, I'm not celebrating this. I think it sucks. I think it's terrible. I think it's sad. I think it, but if we don't like, it's just one of add it to the fire that is democracy. <laughs> or the fire that democracy is burning on. Yes. Yep. So that was our intro. <laughs> <laughs> that was our comedic relief. I liked it. I'm going to keep reading those. <laughs> yes. I need some comedy. Because it was rapid fire. We're recording on Tuesday. And last Thursday, it just felt like that the world was falling for the GOP. The DOJ, they responded to the appeals and they used the very polite language of someone who was about to skewer the judge's opinion. For those of you who, I don't know, have been hiding under a political rock for the past couple of weeks, during Labor Day weekend, a special judge who was specially appointed by Trump in the lame duck period between when he lost the election and he was still in the White House, he went judge shopping for an appeal. And she said, I know this isn't my jurisdiction. I know that this isn't my space to operate in, but I'm going to step in and make all of these really dumb arguments. And she did. And lawyers everywhere have been just skewering this judge for her legal decision, essentially aiding and abetting Donald Trump. Her credibility is shot. Yeah, and it should be. Yeah, This is ridiculous. It's obviously just a delaying tactic, and the idea is to delay past the midterm. And so then they'll do it very quickly after the midterm, thinking people have forgotten by the general, by 2024. It's just exactly like what Wayne Ivey consistently does. He's backed into a corner. He releases it every has to release after the election. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But also that Thursday. So on that Thursday, which there was a lot of news that happened. Thursdays are good days. I mean... Unless you're the queen. Unless you. So. Oh, yeah. It was a good day. I told Shelby. 96, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, she lived a long, fruitful life. Lots of happy moments. Lots of corgi. I told Shelby we weren't allowed to ask, hey, how's everyone doing? Better than the queen. Oh, speaking of barely better than the queen, Bannon had to turn himself into New York over money laundering or, yeah, money laundering charges in the Build the Wall case. And this was for the state of New York. So no pardons. No pardon unless the Republicans take New York State. Which is unlikely. Yeah. So. I was just in New York and it's a very different experience. It is. It we, walked is. Up, we walked past the Trump Tower with my cousin who lives in the Manhattan. And there were all these, we look like a corner for us. All these Trump, she said, wow, that's how you, normally there's protests. I'm like, honey, that's just every corner in my county. There's all this pro-Trump. Anyway. Yep, yep. It was the only place in the city. So back to what you were saying. And then Fox News aired a Lincoln Project ad against Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is now angry at Fox News. Why not? CNN's going right. Fox can come left. They'll just switch places. That would be very weird. That would be super weird if Fox News was actually fair and balanced. (laughs) Would that be like crazy? Yeah, we'd be crazy for watching it. Why did they take that ad, though? Why did they say yes? Money. I'm sure they've been offered money before. Money talks. Hey, they took money from John Oliver to air ads to tell 
Trump about the nuclear triad and things like that. They had it disguised as a catheter ad. And Fox News ah. still aired it in okay. Washington, D.C. Yeah. Yep, yep. And as as the final cherry on that whole crap Sunday that was Donald Trump's Thursday, it also came out that he was pushing for nuclear testing on the moon. So Donald Trump just wanted to blow up the moon. He was so he was, angry. What? I didn't even hear that. Tell me again. Yep. In the final days of his presidency, he wanted to set up, what was it, Space Policy Directive 6 with the goal of testing nuclear energy on the moon by 2027. But we've been using nuclear energy in space for decades. Essentially, if we're going to take a take a satellite or a probe, not a satellite because they orbit things, but a probe that just goes out, oftentimes what we'll do is we'll just take a ball of plutonium, which is a magic rock. It just gets warm. You take it and then it's warm and then you hook up something to it and that can take advantage of the fact that it's warm and turn that warm into electricity. And that's what powered the probes that we sent out. Right. Yeah. Using ago. The moon to test nuclear energy for here is just dumb. Yeah. Trump is not the sharpest spoon in the drawer. He was also telling all of his staff the final days that he wasn't leaving. Yeah. He asked his Diet Coke valet, hey, if I just stick around, do you think that they're going to kick me out? I didn't think he was going to leave. I, well, honest to goodness, did not believe he would. He has to leave. They physically go in, pack up all of his I thought they would have had to do that. Or if they would have had to have posted a 30-day eviction notice and then eventually changed the lock. So once he went golfing one day, then he just wouldn't be able to get back in. Oh, Melania would have done that the moment he left some room. And a couple days later, a judge threw out the Donald Trump suit against Hillary Clinton, where essentially he was arguing that everything that Hillary Clinton said during the campaign was a slander. slander. Yeah, was slander against him. And the judge threw it out just saying, this is a 200 page rant and we're not going to air this here. I miss that, too, but that's glorious. Yeah. Yeah. But my favorite happened today. What was that? You get a subpoena. You get a subpoena. Oh, everyone oh, yeah. gets subpoenaed everybody today. Yes. Yeah, so the, to clarify, this wasn't the Jan 6th committee. This was the Department of Justice acting on intel provided by the January 6th committee. These are subpoenas not coming from the House of Representatives. These are subpoenas coming from Merrick Garland's house. And if you don't comply with a DOJ subpoena, your ass is in jail. Yep. Yeah, Merrick Garland's not messing around. Which is funny because they keep saying he doesn't want to do anything beyond the 60 days. Anyway, because we know that when Comey did, that totally changed the election results. But whatever. I have total respect for Merrick Garland. Today on Twitter, the Trump people were saying, thank God Merrick Garland's not on the Supreme Court. And I'm like, yeah, I agree, because he can do a whole lot more from this. And I think he's totally clean. And remember, he has a 100% trial rate. If he's going after it, yeah, he he's got it. And he certainly wouldn't be doing this one without that. While we're still dwelling on good news, I'm going to change things up. Okay. We're going to talk about Ukraine. Longtime listeners of the show, I had a Ukraine rant about six months ago. You were sitting right there. I was. <laughs> I was right there. But now I'm over here. And, and I learned a lot. It was like, wow, he had a lot to say. Yeah. So I don't have as much to say other than over the past six months, 
Ukraine has just received so much in military aid, not just like money. Whenever you see a package for like billions of dollars in military aid, we're not just like cutting a check and letting them spend it on Doritos. Instead, what we're doing is we're providing them with equipment and training and expertise and military intelligence. So that dollar amount counts for our military intelligence expenditures as well. So for the past couple months, we've also been providing them with some really effective military hardware. We started off by giving them shoulder-mounted rockets that were designed in the 80s to blow up Putin's tanks. They were Soviet Union tanks that were designed and built in the 70s and 80s, but they're still using them today, like you do. And so our equipment finally saw action in the theater it was designed for 30 years after it was developed, and it worked marvelously. These little man-portable shoulder-mounted rocket units were just popping tanks left and right. And that was one of the key contributing things. Like, I'm going to also not discount just how awesome the Ukrainian resolve is. They stuck around. They fought it out. Had Zelensky taken the exit in the first couple days, Ukraine would probably be a Russian puppet state by now. But it's not. And so they've been provided all kinds of military aid, which brings me back to they have been given long range portable rocket launchers, not shoulder mounted. These are like truck mounted rocket launchers, and they can launch rockets like so many kilometers, like 80 kilometers, 300 kilometers. And so they can park these things and then just pinpoint accuracy, take out a Russian fuel depot, ammo depot, command center from miles and miles away. Combine that with the American intelligence that we've been feeding them, they know precisely where to dial these things in to the point that the Russian troops on the front line in Ukraine are now starved. They're starved for ammo, they're starved for food, they're starved for anything. Well, and didn't they, didn't Ukraine say, hey, we're going to come over here, we're going to focus over here, and then they really went to the well, Eastern Front? there was that. So... Essentially, there was misdirection, there was feints, you always never talk about where you're going to attack next. You always make a show in one place, and we did that in World War II. This was like super basic, and it, this is 2022. So they initially did one, they did a feint, they did a push, and then they thought that they would get some ground. They thought that they would push the Russians back and start the offensive, but the Russian defenses just folded. And it started off with the Russian paratrooper. You don't have to be a military buff, but I'm sure if you're familiar with the term Spetsnaz, which was the Russians yeah. commandos, they essentially, they're, I don't know, they're kids, the Spetsnaz. I'm not sure if they're around anymore, but the paratroopers are. And so they were supposed to be the elite. They crumpled, they cut and run. The first Russian tank brigade absolutely crumpled and ran because they didn't have ammo. There were reports that they had tanks that could drive but not shoot, and they had tanks that could shoot but not drive. So things were falling apart. And this was, the first brigade was supposed to be the division, the group that would defend Moscow in case of a NATO invasion. So this was supposed to be the elite of the elite, and they just cut and ran. And so everywhere that Ukrainian forces are pushing, because they completely gutted the ammo depots, because they completely gutted the logistics, everywhere they show up, the Russians just cut and run. And just in time, too, 
because... But won't the Russians just be able to... What do you think will happen next? I expect that Winter. the Russians are going to be pulling back and regrouping and hoping for... We're coming up on the mud season again. And then I remember the mud season. Yeah, so there's General Mud who's going to slow the advance, and then there's General Winter who's going to lock it in place until General Mud comes back, and then General Winter goes away, and then there's another summer fighting season. But really, uh, Ukraine's timing on this was perfect because a lot of this happened over the weekend, September 10th, September 11th. They found that the that Russia was going to hold a bunch of referendums to declare these these Ukrainian states independent republics on September 11th. And they found that those materials not going to good use because they deoccupied. Got it. Really good news coming out of Ukraine where I think it's going to go. Why does this affect? Why should Americans care? Because we're kicking Putin's ass. But this, more than that. It's I honestly, it's just a feel-good moment for us. But if Putin does take if he were to successfully annex Ukraine, I hate to say the old domino effect that led to the Vietnam War, but that's really what we're doing, is we're stopping that. It's well, it's much more cynical than that. In the past couple years, they discovered that there are vast amounts of natural gas deposits in the sea around the shores of Ukraine. And so if Russia could lock in control of Ukraine's beaches, they would have control over those vast natural gas fields. And so they would essentially control a major source of energy that they could export to Europe and use to fund their to fund their government for the years to come. This was a cash grab by the Russians. Got it. And so far, the opposite of that has happened. And so when a autocratic government runs out of money they can't pay their one percenters they can't pay their military they can't pay their cops they can't pay their media bills and so everyone just goes okay i'm not on the payroll anymore let's let the people have a say and that's how you end up with the people toppling the government i don't think that russia is going to be toppled government i think that this is going to lead to putin's removal but the scary part is that people are speaking out about Putin right now. And they're speaking out against him, not because he decided to invade, not because they don't want to be there, but because he's not effective enough, because he's not committing enough atrocities and enough work. Republicans becoming NPAs because the Republicans didn't do enough to protect Donald Trump. (laughs) So essentially, the Russian media right now that is starting to speak out against Putin is more pro-war than Putin, because Putin is, I guess he's not pushing forward. He's not waving a magic wand and making the Russian army go out and commit more atrocities and more war crimes and take more territory. And they're unhappy about that. So there's a systemic problem over in Russia, but they're going to essentially become a vassal state, I believe, in China's sphere of influence, where China's going to go in. I don't know if they're actually going to buy anything because Russia doesn't have the best relationship with ownership. They tend to nationalize anything that they don't own, and then they just give it back to their oligarchs. China's just going to go in and do what they do, load up on debt, extract natural resources, and then who knows what Russia's going to be spat out in 20 years. This is get to that point. Although China's not super aggressive. 
No, they are, which is... They just like to own everything. They do. Well, and we like to give them everything. They play the long game. They aren't thinking quarter to quarter. They're thinking, okay... Century to century. (laughs) Yeah, they're thinking, how's life going to be better for us in a generation? Yeah. Yeah. So they learn their lesson. Americans aren't good at that. No, we are not. We're not good at wondering how things are going to be good for us in a week. No, which is why we are charging headlong into climate change when China is positioning itself as a green energy leader. It's like that is they are they're doing the right thing for let's be a little bit nationalist here where if we are U.S. good, China bad, China is doing the right things for the wrong reasons because being number one in renewable energy is how they're going to maintain their position as a superpower in the next century. Let's find people who want to be competitive on that stage. Let's find people who are like, solar power is more important than buying bullets. And you know what China invests in? Education, solar panels. They had a fusion breakthrough last week that was amazing. So they're going to have fusion power there before we have it here. And so. they need smart people to run it. So and what do they do? Yeah. yeah. They educate their people. Yeah. Yeah. Not against not against their government, but at least they educate them in calculus and things like that. Meanwhile, we have Republicans where if you give them a hammer, they immediately start smashing their own foot with it because that gets news cycles. Yes. So that's all I have to say about what's going on in Ukraine so other than... you were than, doing some happy dances this weekend. I was. Time. There was a lot of good news. And I felt really bad celebrating all of these little wins because the queen died. But I don't know. If you're an anti-monarchist, then I guess that's a happy dance for you too. Go off. Yeah. <laughs> you have a new king. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, we got our fourth COVID booster over yeah. the weekend. It killed me. Okay. Yeah. We are now ultra boosted. And flu shot me it. too. But I'm shingles vaccine. And that's the only vaccine I've ever like... It packed a wallop. Couldn't let me down because I don't have time to be knocked down, but it definitely made me not feel happy. Shelby was like, I heard that the shingles vaccine is like the worst vaccine in my report. It is, but apparently it's it, still better than shingles. It's better than shingles. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it for a while. Yeah. Don't you have to be like 50 and older? Okay. So moving on. Are we moving on? Do we yeah, get let's to move talk on. about Florida's favorite fascist? Let's talk about Florida's. No, fascist by Florida. Yeah. Triple F. Yeah. Gosh. Shelby, you go ahead and talk about DeSantis and then I'll bring it back to local. Number one today, he was going off on TV saying, I gave first responders a thousand dollar bonus. No, you didn't. Joe Biden did. Actually, I'm going to push back. DeSantis did give a thousand dollar bonus to first responders before the Infrastructure Act or Recovery Act during COVID. Started with sheriffs. And then moved to other first responders. Oh, sheriffs. Yeah. So they got buyout for their loyalty bonus? Yeah. So that is legit. That is, But not teachers. The teachers did not come until later. So tomorrow is our governor's... Let's just really keep calling him America's governor because that's going to be his pitch to the country. Yes. So tomorrow's his birthday. And the local Republicans are doing a birthday party. It's his birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese's because it would make... So much sense for the gigantic mechanical rat and gambling emporium that to host his birthday party. That would be good, but no, not. So they are, we're having, we were having a training in our office, which is in that plaza on Pineda. And Rick Lacey, who's the chair of the Republican Executive Committee, is a realtor and his real estate office is in that plaza. Now, the Republicans always meet at the Post Board of Realtors across the street. And we were having a training put on by the state in our office on GOTV. Lo and behold, they decide to do a birthday human chain. Now, 
I'm not wishing thunderstorms on them, but it is for tomorrow at 530. Oh, they're getting thunderstorms. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just God's way of showing you who's who. So it's going to, a human chain across Wickham? No. From Wickham, from Pineda to the Brevard Zoo. It's a four mile chain for his 40th birthday, which ain't going to happen. Probably they're gonna so, give people he's signs. older than 40. Not according to this birthday invitation. That's all I can tell you. So they're, they're not actually going to end up doing it as a chain, even though that's how it's meant. Because when you read the, the, the instructions, it says, come, we'll give you your sign and tell you which corner to go on. So they're going to have people at every corner. They decided to kick it off at yeah. our address. I'm just saying what the He's 44. Said. Maybe it's four miles for his 44th birthday. Whichever it is. Do math good. Yeah, they do yeah, math very good. good. So they sent the invitation out saying they're going to kick it off in the plaza, in our plaza parking lot. And then they're going to end by coming back to a birthday party at the Space Coast Board of Realtors, which is across the street from our plaza. And they're going to jam up the entire, the entire that, like, of Suntree. We don't need to be having our training interfering with these people in the parking lot, the potential there. These people supported January 6th. They passed a resolution saying that Joe Biden's not our president. We know they have violent tendencies. We know that they open carry. It would just not be a good idea. And they so, really want to shoot somebody. So if, I can't say it, but FTP canceled the training. Republicans are going to be having a birthday party on Wickham for Ron DeSantis. Maybe they'll end at that stupid little flag vendor that's selling their... In the abandoned Burger King? Uh, yeah. I'm going to tell you about it. Anyway. So that's one thing that's happening. You can go back to your DeSantis grant. That's my DeSantis plug. He's going around to different communities saying that he's giving all this money away to help with infrastructure. Yet he was flipping against it. He came out against the infrastructure bill. And now, like he, like any other Republican official, they're, they're now taking credit for what the Democrats did. Yeah, that's always. I love how the White House Twitter, like they went full goblin mode when Republican, like House of Representatives, senators were talking about, oh, forgiving student loan debt is a burden, blah, 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 blah. And they went full goblin mode talking about the PPP loans that they had and were forgiven. And they were posting those amounts in a reply all. I'm hoping that White House is getting more offensive against these and calling them out because, hey, your people, your party didn't vote for this. Man, so, you sure liked it. And this has been going on for years and years. It is a tale as old as time where the Republicans vote against something and then they immediately talk about that win and start stumping on it back in their home district. And also what we never got to talk about because it was actually two weeks ago, Biden's speech. He did a nationwide primetime address right. to talk about our democracy being in trouble. This is an old joke by now. So perfect. He made everyone mad. Everyone hated to this that he called them semi-fascists. I was mad he called every, them that too. They're full on that. fascists. Yeah, they're not. But every time anybody says that, I'm just like, so he didn't. He only called the fascists. Every time it's like when yeah. the, the deplorable thing, you call me deplorable. I'm like, no, no. She defined it very clearly. Some of his supporters are deplorables and some of his supporters are just angry. You chose to identify with deplorable. So these people now are like, he's calling me a fascist. No, you're calling yourself a fascist. Yeah. He said some MAGA Republicans are fascists. And they're self-identifying. So yeah, thank you. For yeah, that. thanks. There's t-shirts out there to buy your own shirt that's a semi-fascist. Uh, which is highly offensive because I really disagree with the language where they choose to use semi. Yep. 
Call a fascist. But fascist. today he had a great speech on the Inflation Reduction Act. Big celebration on right. the White House lawn. And they put together a fantastic graphic I'm looking at right now, reminding everybody exactly what the Inflation Reduction Act does. It lowers costs for American families, tackles the climate crisis, and makes our tax code fairer. And it's so funny because locally, Randy Fine's touting his food giveaway, which he generally does every two years. What else happens? Oh, he gets reelected. Yeah. That once every two years when he yeah. remembers that there's poor people. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, if you really want to do something to help the people in need in your district, maybe you should address all of those things. Maybe you should address FPL and their runaway tax hikes. Maybe you could address affordable housing. Maybe you could address the housing insurance crisis. If you really care about families in Florida, yeah. then that's what you should do. Yeah. Feeding them is great too, but why don't you deal with a thing that created the need for the food in the first place? Well, let's be fair. It's a lot easier to drop off $15 worth of canned goods than actual meaningful tax relief. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and plus, you don't want to take on the person that feeds you, bite the hand that feeds you. And mm -hmm. FPL is feeding the Republicans. That's for dang sure. Yep. And also coming up with the favorite fascist, he said no to last, last time he had two debates with Gillum. This year, he said no to any debates. And the two debates included the one, the only statewide debate for the gubernatorial race. And it's a tradition, not just gubernatorial, but Senate candidates do it. And that's the one he refuses to do. Is he doing the radio one? Actually, I think he's agreed to one, but it's not a statewide one. I don't remember if it's radio or not. So I, what are you afraid of, Ronnie? Oh, he's afraid of everything because all you have to do is point out, you've done nothing on insurance. You've done nothing on skyrocketing housing. Look at our energy. Hey, our inflation is higher than the national average under your watch. Uh, we need to do our part to make sure people know these things. I'm pretty sure that he's afraid of words, which is why he's trying so hard to ban books. Yeah, there you go. That makes sense. And uh, unfortunately, when it comes to debates, it's all words. Like you can't puff up and do like a predator threat display against them. You know, where uh, I'm pretty sure that's why he's just getting so puffy. It's just it's just. A big threat display. Like a puffy fish. Yeah, like he's just blowing up or blowing up like a cat who like makes her hair stick up on skin to look bigger. Like he's just trying to look bigger and more threatening. That he also earned the ire of pretty much all of the naval aviators out there by oh, his, his Top stupid... Gun stupid commercial. Oh, he's also doing one. Thank you, Mr. Governor, for keeping my school safe. Thank you for letting me see my relatives. All of these little... One, he did nothing for education. He did. He tried to destroy it. Yeah, he's trying to destroy and education. He's, and he's diligently eliminating the threat that words are having against our students. That's right. Protect us from words. I'm going to tell you, Moms for Liberty, they're just like full on attack mode. Oh, yeah. Their recent post from the Indian River County, their new meme, their graphic is the Statue of Liberty. And it says, you cannot send your children into battle without training them to be joyful warriors. What? Battle. We have a volunteer army. We don't have a draft anymore. Nobody's well, going is... into battle. As a United States veteran, I disapprove of that message. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's frightening to see the messaging and we have to be ahead of that. And to remember, we have to remind people why they want to vote for Democrats. Because well, otherwise nobody wants to be a part of a losing war. And right now they're the only ones fighting the war. So we've got to fight them back. And I loved that. Biden's speech was antagonistic and angry and if you're mad, you're defending fascist. democracy. I just thought it was great. I, yeah, I deal with a lot of a lot of political views in my friends with 
from way across the board. But the one thing that people are unanimous on is that they feel like that the current Democratic Party is ill-equipped to deal with fascists. And so Biden's speech, his semi-fascist speech, his ultra-maga speech, it feels like it's giving us at least the rhetorical tools to call a fascist a fascist. Yeah, I liked it for that because I and I agree. We've been saying who's equipped to deal with fascists. We didn't see this coming. So it's not built into our DNA because we're the kind of people like, yay, we're governing. Everything's going to be great. No, my giving us permission to just call it what it is. Yeah, my my grandpa, he flew a glider in World War Two to land and then he got out of the glider and he picked up a pistol. That's how he dealt with fascism. Yeah, we're not prepared for it today at all. We don't need to get to that point, I hope. And you know why? Part of why it was a very carefully protracted attack. This has been step by step over probably at least 20 years of just it wasn't just cutting education for it was cutting education for this reason. I'm surprised they haven't upped physical education because that's very much a fascist thing. But locally, I'm going to tell you that. Some of the shady stuff going on here should make your hair straight or curl, whichever it's not right now. And defending our public schools is, of course, primary. So we we do have a school board candidate, by the way, that you can run, that you can vote for and you must vote for. Please. The attack on public education is not because these people don't like teachers. It's not because they think their children are at risk. It's because they're trying to create the minds for the future. We won't even see the results of that in our lifetime or not in my lifetime. So... Because if they take these children and they indoctrinate them, it's so funny that they keep talking about indoctrination and the only indoctrinating I see is coming from the right. Yeah. Yeah. So here locally, some fun things have been happening. Ooh, local gossip. Local gossip. Oh, hold on. And coming into our local gossip section. (laughs) All righty. We got some gossip to report here today. Tonight, (laughs) that's my best news person voice. Anyway, so our supervisor of elections, Lori Scott, is a Republican. It's a partisan office. There's no secret that she's a Republican, but I mean, she is a real Republican, but she's always run that office very cleanly and she's really kept her politics out of it. I've always felt comfortable in that. And I've always, I think we've talked about this on the pod before that I think that her, I think our election process here in Brevard County is to be trusted. And she, in fact, on her website has, she's one of the supervised elections in the state that signed a statement that the 2020 election was not stolen that it was a fair election and it was safely run. It's all on her website. And I've always had access to her office. All of my questions have been answered. I sat in her office right before the primary election and we talked about some things. So she ran for this office the 53rd time. I don't know. She's heard of that office for a while. And it was two years ago that she was reelected. Let me just tell you, when she ran, she waited till the very last minute and filed as a write-in candidate cost her a dollar to qualify instead of the $1,800 it would have cost her to qualify. And she was elected because she ran out of post. But either way, she did run and, uh, and she won. And suddenly she is resigning. The reason that she's giving is that the, all the election changes, thanks to SB 90, we implemented them all in the primary. We ran a good election. So she feels comfortable passing the general onto her staff. I'm like, who retires? 60 days before the general election, right? She couldn't wait 61 days. Yeah. And, and by the way, she still hasn't left the office, I don't think, but she is retiring, which in the state of Florida means the governor appoints her replacement. And if she did wait for 61 days, there's the possibility that Charlie Crist would be replacing her. But by doing it before the general election, 
it would be Ron DeSantis's purview to do that. Now, I she swears Ron DeSantis did not pressure her. I don't buy it, and this no. is why she is recommending person from her staff that I feel very comfortable with. I would be totally comfortable if he were appointed as a replacement. I'm not saying his name because it would be a kiss of death for him. So what you're saying is that Senior Puffyhead did a big predator display. No, Wayne Ivey did. Oh, okay. Because there are four people that have currently, you have to apply to be appointed. You can't just like, the governor doesn't just wave his magic little dick wand and appoint somebody out of the blue. So you have to apply for an appointment. There are four people that have currently applied as of the last time I checked. One of them is John Tobiah, who's a, for listening pleasure, he's a county commissioner in Brevard County, super far, just the side of libertarian and pretty shady. He's close friends with Joel Greenberg and Matt Gates. So there's John Tobiah. Also, Christine Zonka. And Christine Zonka, you might know her as Christine as Nardi. Her husband, her ex-husband was Davis Nardi, who while he was her current husband, He was arrested, charged, and convicted with racketeering for things that he was doing in Palm Bay City government. Oh, so he was highly qualified to be a Republican, except that he got caught. Yeah, exactly. And so they're now divorced, and she's remarried to a guy who, by all accounts, is a stand-up guy. Who is not drawing attention to his racketeering operations. (laughs) So Christine Zonka applied. And then Lindsay Deaton. Probably doesn't really ring a bell for you. It didn't ring one for me either. Lindsay Deaton is Wayne Ivey's personal assistant. She runs his charity. Mm. She is a single unmarried person who makes like around 50 grand running his charity and recently bought a new home. So we're not allowed Please to tell say... me it was about you're supposed to buy a home three times your annual raise. Your so it'd be 150 K. Nope. Way is high. it 1.2 million? Half million. Oh. But the mortgage for it is a million. Oh boy. Who so, sold it to her? I don't know who sold it to her, but I know who has them, who holds her mortgage. But so, this is, and Wayne is apparently calling in all of his favors all over the state to make sure that Lindsay is the appointment. Now, there are rumors about Wayne and Lindsay having an inappropriate relationship. We're not allowed to say that she's joinking the sheriff. We're not <laughs> and, allowed to say that she's doing dirty politics. I, I don't know that she is. And it, honestly, I don't think it would matter, except if it's influencing the appointment to the supervised elections makes bank. And it's a very important job, right? They should make bank. Because you don't want your supervisor of elections to be in bed with one political party versus the other. I believe that her refusal to give in to the big lie, and we know in Brevard County where the Brevard Republican Executive Committee passed a proclamation saying the election was stolen, that her refusal to go along with that, and that if she can be appointed with a DeSantis flunky, because here's the thing about Brevard County. And everybody's like, why would they bother? Brevard's red. The reality is you cannot win a state election without Brevard County. Because if you're going to, let's be cynical here and say, if you're going to ballot stuff and you're going to try to hide 10,000, 15,000, 40,000 illicit votes, are you going to look for it in a toss-up district that's going to get a lot of scrutiny that all of a sudden went suddenly red? Or are you going to look for it? In a deep red district that has been safely red for years and years. And if you did look for it here and Lori Scott was in charge, she'd find it. Yes. Yes. And so I told the paper that I actually read my statement. I've had tremendous confidence in Lori's running elections. I think she's kept politics out of it. I don't know that I will have that same confidence based on a DeSantis appointment. He's already proven himself to be unreliable when it Mm -hmm. comes to elections, election integrity. 
and he's been reliably unreliable. Yeah. Yes. So that's a big scary thing. Yes. Lori Scott is not any Republican that we are talking about. Yes. There are many quality Republican people. A lot of them are voting for hey, Charlie Crist. Yeah, yes. no, I have a lot of good Republican friends. <laughs> I have them right here on my back. My binders full. Of binders full of good Republicans. <laughs> but look at what's happening. Liz Cheney, Kinzinger, you see anybody that is actually putting up notice in the Republican Party saying, hey, this is not us. Yeah, so. They're getting all ousted. This whole election takeover started in May when the Secretary of State resigned. I'm sure DeSantis has something to do with that as well, because then he appointed the secretary of state who is an election denier. So we just need to, y'all need to just know we, the only thing we have is our vote. Yes. John Lewis said the most important nonviolent protest you can do is a vote. So if you're listening to this, we need, as Jamie always says, we need you to vote. We also need you to encourage your neighbors to vote. We in Brevard County during the primary had a 35% turnout for Democrats, which was higher than most counties in the state. One county had 50%. They're in Brevard. Don't like that. Don't like being second. Hmm. But and that was good. But that tells me that 65% of our voters don't know what's happening. You'll never convince me they don't care. They just don't know. And it's up to us if you're listening to this or if you are, well, if you're not listening to this, you're not hearing me. If you're listening to this, it's up to us to make, let people know what is happening in our government and in our backyards and to do something about it. Get, get the word out. There's a reason that movements almost universally in this country, anytime that there's a chant going on, let's, we're loud, we're proud. You got to be loud. First of all, be proud because we're here fighting for democracy, fighting for the republic. And we got to be loud about it. Fighting for I the right should, for people to have their crazy opinions. But what it really boils down to is democracy's on the line and we can't, I'm not going to, you can do what you want. I am not going to sit quietly while my family's been in the United States since the 1640s. I'm not going to sit quietly and watch everything we've worked. So we worked hard through those things that they're now wanting us to not teach our kids about. Let's not have worked through that to just walk away. So this week, we are already out talking to voters, canvassing to voters. There's a couple of things we have going on. We're canvassing to voters in, in a couple of places. We're canvassing in Titusville because we have a Democrat running for the Titusville City Council. And we're also supporting state Senate um, seat eight in that race. We're canvassing in all of school board district two. And by doing that, we're also supporting City of Cocoa has two seats where we have Democrats running. Cape Canaveral has one seat where we have a Democrat running. Cocoa Beach has a Democrat running. So we're supporting all of that by supporting our school board race. And, and Palm Bay, we are um, canvassing in Palm Bay in support of reelecting Kenny Johnson and supporting Anthony Yance's race against Randy Fine. So we are canvassing all of those people right now. We're only talking to Democrats and left-leaning NPAs who have mail ballots because the mail ballots will go out on October 6th. So that's what we're doing right now. Mark your calendar for the weekend of October 6th because we're going to be out doing door hangers. And you guys know we've convinced Shelby it's fun. I'll do another five to six bundles with Pam or more that weekend. <laughs> and we are also doing phone banking, but our phone banking is with a twist. So one thing we know we have to do, we can't, so many parts of our community are in gated communities, especially on the beach community. So we are phone banking into those gated communities, finding Democrats in those gated condos or whatever else. And finding neighborhood captains 
to own their building so we can be doing voter contact through them. It's much more effective than just phone banking into that building. We're just trying to find one person that will do that. So those are two of the most major important things that you can do to join us. Also, if you want to make a donation, not just of money, although we definitely are, we're spending money like we have it, like we get a regular paycheck and we don't, but we also sticky notes, which seems like such a little thing, but if you want to buy some, a pad of sticky notes or a big old thing of sticky notes, a brick of sticky notes and write on them with Sharpies, please mail your ballot today. Drop those at the office. We use those in our get out the vote efforts in October. And then we're going to switch to one that says, please vote Tuesday, November 8th. So those are two big things that you can do to help us out right now to make sure that your neighbors, and if not your neighbors, around the corner, down the street, on the river, wherever, that everybody knows there is an election. And this, I'm looking forward to an election that I can say, eh, I don't care if you vote. But this one. This is not one of them. No. This is arguably the most important election of our time. Can the we entire, stop saying that soon? I, I know, really I like that. So. The entire country is watching Florida. In Brevard County is what Florida will look like if Ron DeSantis gets reelected. And it's not fun being the lone. It's not fun being an intellectual. It's not fun yeah. being a pro-education. The whole effort of this education effort, on, uh, oh, we, didn't, we need to talk about education. You can put this back in somewhere else. The Her- not Heritage Society, Heritage Foundation. Yep. Heritage Foundation owns a lot of for-profit charter schools. And they also own Pineapple Cove, which is not a for-profit charter school, but is a charter school here in town. And this has been part of that, digging into our public schools and privatizing them and, and turning those, our tax dollars into creating basically Christian madrasas. And when I tell that to people, they're like, no, I'm like, yeah, really, look up what a madrasa is, because that's what we're doing. And it's all intentional to to hurt public education. These charter schools, and I'm all for school choice, but charter schools can decide who they want to accept. Well, that's not, school choice is supposed to be the families get to choose the school, not that school gets to choose the families. So when the school gets to decide who they want to accept, they can just turn down kids that don't test well or kids that have broken homes or kids that have any other dysfunction at home or any special needs. They can just turn those kids away so they can keep their scores higher. And those kids don't get served. And guess what? They're Americans too. And they're the ones that are supposed to be served by charter schools. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a problem, you guys. Please show up. This is critical. The whole country is looking at Florida. That We want to make sure that we make Ron DeSantis a one-term governor and a zero-term president. In the next few weeks, we're going to have some of our candidates back, I think. Yep. I'll invite Kenny Johnson from Palm Bay. I'll invite Anthony Yan. I'll invite our candidates and see who can come in. Cool. So we got that coming up. So here's a quote for you that'll go back to the whole beginning of our elephant getting out of the room. Never forget that we moved heaven and earth to bring Osama bin Laden to justice. Not because he flew an airplane into the World Trade Center on 9-11, but because he incited his followers to do it for him. Never forget that. Yep. And so I checked the email. We have no emails from you guys. Please share. Email Please, because... Email us at pushaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We don't, we're not desperate. Really, we'll, you know, we, I think we look as forward to this just to hang out as anything else. But if you oh, are yeah. listening, I run into people all the time. They're like, oh my gosh, I love your podcast. I'm like, really? So let us know who you are when I'm not talking to you on the street. Send us an email, send us a review, share us with your friends if you think we have anything of value to add.
If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco. Or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. Before we cut back in, there we go. <laughs> I got applause. I love that. Okay. The problem is that I think the applause just compresses to like white noise. Yeah. So it is. That's pretty clear. Oh, hold on. There we go. Sorry. I like that though. I like that too. I like the first one. Yeah. Let's. Let, it's been a while since I've set these up. Oh, we could be using that one all the damn time. <laughs> you gotta. You have to remember we have those. <laughs> I. Uh... Okay. Hold on. There's one more that I'm looking for. We do that by to- by mouth, by voice all the time. That's a good one to remember. Too. There we go. Yeah. I just forget about them because they're blue buttons. And I, I never import this track. Anyway. Flag. <laughs>